internet world, if you're listening, <laughs> I don't know that we have an audience yet. Um, this is we have like five friends. We have five friends that we have forced to listen to this <laughs> probably multiple times. One of them in the room. <laughs> One of them in the room. Hi. Hi. Um, so this is the second episode of Snark Notes, which is our, if you're just tuning in, our podcast where we discuss... Where classic literature meets... Um, snark. Snark. Or, <laughs> I was, I was going to say pop culture. That too. Yeah. <laughs> All of the things. Pretty Little Liars. Yeah. <laughs> All of those things. Everything that you could possibly want when discussing great literature. Um, and I'm Alice. And I'm Kelly. And we're going to talk about The Cursed Child. Yes, but before we do that, we're going to briefly talk about um, why we like Harry Potter. Yes. So, Harry Potter, I mean, I think really the thing that's special about our generation, not to brag, but we grew up with Harry Potter, so to speak. So, around the time that, we were always roughly the same age as Harry. So, like, when a new book would come out, you were around the same age as him. And, like, even the movies, like, were roughly the same age as, um, God bless, like, Daniel Radcliffe, (laughs) Rupert Grant. Um, Emma Watson. Yes, Emma Watson. So, like, we're roughly the same age as those people. And as the books came out, we were roughly the same age as the characters, which I feel like is a really unique experience because we grew up with Harry Potter and he was, like, a thing for us. Like, I felt like... This is really cheesy, but I always felt that Harry Potter was a friend that you had, you know, because you grew up with him and you, like, learned, you, like, went through things with him. He was a friend, a really angsty friend. He was a little fetus. just wanted to hug. Yeah, (laughs) yes, fetus, Harry was, the struggle was real for him, but, and it it almost makes me want, if I ever have children or, like, maybe I'll force this on my sister's child, but I want her to only, like, read one Harry Potter book a year as she turns each age that Harry is, so she can, like, grow up. Well, no, and the other thing that um, I was thinking about as you were talking about growing up with it, the other thing that we had was, like, forced breaks in between, which meant that, like, I was this nerdy kid who loves the books and loves reading books and also always reread my favorite books. So I kept going back to the well, and I think in a world where they were all at, at once, I would have loved it and gone through them so quickly and maybe returned to them, but I wouldn't have, like, lived in the world in the, quite the same way. I wouldn't have, like, come up with theories of, like... And, like, anticipated... Yes. And when you got the next book, you, like, stayed up all night and just yes. read it straight until you finished the whole thing because yes. you were really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, then you'd, <laughs> you'd wait until everyone else that you knew did, and then you'd be like... Who People would be like, don't talk about it, don't tell me. <laughs> who do you think Rab is? Like, yeah. do you have a theory? Like, <laughs> exactly. like the most minute things you feel like I think this is gonna happen and yes. that was pretty cool yes I think that's very true yeah um, and also I think for me too the other like super cheesy part of this is that my mom used to read them aloud to me in bed so it was like a thing that Cheryl Aww. and I did together because I got read to in bed before I went to sleep every night until like an inappropriately old age <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I honest to god out. honest to god it's like 14 or 15 and it got to the point where we would go to bed and I would read to my mom and she would fall asleep first and I'd have to wake her up and be like, Mom. That's amazing. I one, I love it, and two, I can't believe I never knew that. Um, oh that's God. like a little known fact. Um Cheryl's always really been big on promoting literacy in our household. No. So we always did reading together at no. my sister like stopped at a normal age, but I'm just a fucking <laughs> So I will say, um, Rachel and I one time for Christmas I I don't remember how old we were, but it was probably, like, middle school. This is my sister and I. Um, middle school or maybe early high school. We got out all the books, and we put them in a pile, and we just went to the Christmas scenes in the books and read them to each oh, other. Because we're adorable. See, there's so many special Harry Potter memories. And that's, yeah. that was another, I was going to ask you, like, how many times do you think you've read 
Like if you could say how many times you read the full series from I start to finish, don't know. I couldn't. That's the thing. I know I'm I've done it several when people times. Know. Yeah, I, I can't. I couldn't tell you because I've read some individual books like over and over and over yeah. again, and then out of sequence because as they were coming out, so like you didn't have all of them, so you reread the one that before the yeah. one that was gonna come out, and then I've read. The, I know I've read them straight a bunch of times, so it's really hard. I in incalculable amount of time. No, exactly, exactly. And I know some people who are super methodical about it and they read like all of them before the newest one came up. And it, I would just kind of go on mood. Like yes. if I wanted angst, I'd check out book five. If I wanted something like to so get through quickly, um, that was like, uh, that was like kind of a beat, it would be more the first one. Yeah. Um, yeah. If I wanted teen drama. Do you have like a favorite six. Harry Potter book? kind of like the fifth one. <laughs> really? I was, I was going to say, like, I feel like everyone says Harry Potter um, and the Prisoner of Azkaban, which it's, makes me not want to say that one. It's the but, best one from the first half, no question. Yeah. Yes, and it has the most, I think I've always been a fan of sort of, like, mystery and, you know, like a big, um, you know, thriller on TV. Yeah, procedurals, crime procedural kind of gal. So it has, like, the plot twists of that and sort of the setup of, like, a crime. Like, oh, now you think it's this guy. Now you're, I'm that girl at the murder mystery party who yells at everyone and tells them it's them the whole time. So <laughs> I definitely read the third book. I was just like, it's so-and-so the whole time. So. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I really liked that. Yeah, so we we obviously like love the books and nerd out about the books a lot. Um, and I was really excited for Cursed Child to come out, but I was also really nervous yes. in part because J.K. Rowling keeps going on Twitter, and I love her. So much respect for her. Yeah, she gave me something great. But I will say, every time she opens her mouth on Twitter, I'm a little bit nervous, mostly because of that interview where she was like, I don't know if Ron and Hermione should be together. And I was like, shut your mouth. The magic. worst TM, like, for real. So I was worried that, like, Cursed Child would be a little bit of that, and I don't think it was so much revisionist, but, like, it also didn't for me, live up to the magic yeah. of the books. And I think part of that is, it, it's funny, I was just talking about this, I feel like if you look at the reviews of the the play, they're universally pretty positive. Yeah. And then you look at the reviews of the book and people are like, or the screenplay, and people are like, what the shit, what, yeah. what is this? And I think, like, yeah, I think it works probably better as a play and some of the magic, uh, like, the magic just doesn't come across on um, paper. On paper. That being said, plot-wise, I feel like there are a lot of holes, which is yeah. kind of what well, we're going to And I, I almost wonder if part of the problem, though, is that, like, J.K. Rowling has been very open about the fact that at a certain point she sat down and sort of mapped out all seven yes. books and she wrote them very strategically having a plan so there are things that they talk about in the first book that come back in the seventh book and like which is why it's so cool right which is why it's so odd like she created you know like Tolkien style a full universe and then wrote books within that universe and I don't know that she, she didn't have Cursed Child in mind when she did that and it was sort of an afterthought and I think you can go back and try you know to put them in that same universe but it's not going to be as successful because that wasn't an original plan totally and I think it's a daunting task and one that um, you have to be careful about because you don't want to ruin right. things for people. And I think her solution was to play it really safe, yeah. which isn't satisfying when you're just reading it. Because the way she did it is to have them go back in time and, like, nothing really changes. <laughs> but, like, it's like you're re living certain moments, but they're slightly different. But at the end of the day, nothing really changes. Yes. Like, it's the same. And so that was her way of, like, 
being like, hey, let's do the fan fiction thing and imagine alternate worlds, but don't worry, like, your world yeah. is safe and... It, but it, it was, it was oddly, as someone who was, like, on occasion embarrassingly read some fan fiction, <laughs> I'm just going to admit that on the so podcast right now, <laughs> um, but it did have a very fan fiction feel, and I think part of that... It was the co-writer, um, yeah. and she kind of tried to play it off as a whole, I'm not a screenwriter, so I need someone to co-write this with me. And I, no offense to J.K. Rowling, it was a little bit of a cop-out, because probably one of the biggest things I felt like it was missing overall was her voice as an author and feel like something that J.K. Rowling wrote to me. And so then, like, that was very odd. Um, because it did, it seems like a bad fan fiction. It because really did. It, it was like someone else wrote it, and it's you know like it's what they imagine happens next. And like if it truly was a fan fiction, it might be like a really well written fan fiction that you enjoy. But you'd be like, oh, well, I disagree with their choice to do this, this, and this. And J.K. Rowling would have done it differently. But like because she was involved, you were like, but no, it's like her agreeing to this. But so, anyways, so now we were going to do. Um, sort of like what we would have changed about it. So rather than yeah. going the totally negative route of pointing out all the things that were bad I think about it's it. it's still going to come across kind of negative, but hopefully more constructive. In a, in a constructive feedback, friendly kind of a way. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, so I'll take the first point, okay. um, which we have talked about in depth, um, and which I believe is a common criticism. Mm -hmm. I've seen articles online um, expressing this same, on Jezebel specifically, this same particular um, conflict or problem with Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, uh, which is specifically that um, Hermione, who is like just this feminist you know, character. Like, she's the feminist heroine of my childhood. Like, she's smart, she's funny, um, you know, but she's fun, she has friends that are boys. She's like, a total badass yeah. and just, like, leads the boys. Yes, she's, like, in charge. Like, let's face it, like, Harry and Ron couldn't get their shit together on their own if it wasn't for Hermione. And, like, been dead, like, yeah, yeah, like, they're fucking d gone. Bye. Like, Voldemort wins. So, um, but so basically, um, every there's multiple um, universes created by the fact that Scorpius and Scorpius and Albus go back in time um, and try to stop uh, Cedric Diggory from being killed. Scorpius so, being um, Malfoy's, Malfoy's son. Son, yes. So uh, they go back in time and they try to stop Cedric from being killed, uh, and so they create multiple different universes. Um, and so in each one that they create. Ron and Hermione are no longer together, and in all of those alternate universes where they do not get together, Hermione is a terrible, terrible person. She's just, it's like, miserable bad. and lonely, and her life sucks, and no one else loves her, and I just hate the implication. And she doesn't love herself, yeah, either, which yeah. is even more upsetting. It's like, in the first one, it's like, so Cedric gets killed at the first task of the Triwizard Tournament, and so then... Hermione doesn't trust anybody, and she, like, some sort of weird, like, she blames Stormstrang people, so she refuses yeah. to go to the ball with Victor Crumb. Which is also insulting to the Ron and Hermione relationship, to be yeah. like, oh, they only got together because, because Victor Crumb. Yeah, because he was jealous of Victor Crumb, which is, like, not true at all. That was a definite factor. It really was. But then, like, what about Cormac McLaggen, who she also specifically only dates to make Ron jealous well, later the in the seeds, books. But the seeds <laughs> of a romance are there real early. Like, yes. all the bickering that's happening in the third 
third book. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it's already there. set up to the end game. It wasn't fucking Victor Crumb. Right. <laughs> like, the jealousy, like, comes into play then, but, like, that's not the only reason they're together. And, like, how terrible of J.K. Rowling to imply that, like, Hermione can only be a nice person if she's with Ron. And part of me feels like that was her pandering to an audience that got very vocally upset <laughs> when she implied that Hermione and Harry Quite should possibly. have been together, which is the most fucking ridiculous thing that I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> but that's just a whole separate podcast. But, like, so part of me feels like she did that just to be like, see, they were meant to be together the whole time, and without each other, their lives suck. I was kidding when I said that. But, like, it was the worst kind of pandering, and it just made, like, it really ruined a character that, for so many people, is, like, the example of, like, she's who you grew up wanting to be like. Like, she's who you identified with yeah. strongly in that book. And it was, I felt very hurt by the implication that, like, Hermione sucks if there's no Ron. And, like, a, the, a world where Hermione and Ron aren't together does suck. Yeah. But, like, it, yeah. it doesn't make them and terrible Ron, people. <laughs> Ron was also, like, miserable, but he wasn't as angry. And it's... Yeah. I don't know. Like, like there's one where she, like like... Like, they don't get together, and then she becomes, like, this really mean, terrible, nasty, like, professor, professor of dark, yeah. uh, defense against the dark arts at Hogwarts, mm -hmm. and she's just, like, mean and yells at children the whole day. Well, we all know that should be <laughs> transfiguration. Come yeah. on, people. And, like, let's also <laughs> remember that, like, at multiple points in the books, Hermione has no problem getting a boyfriend that isn't Ron. So, like, also, like, just because Ron fucks off and marries one of the Patel sisters doesn't mean that Hermione is, like, yeah, this, like, boyfriendless hag for the rest of her life. It's, like, okay. even if she is boyfriendless, like, who cares? That's her choice you do you girl so what we change <laughs> what we change is if you have an alternate world Hermione might be alone but she's a badass yeah she's like still a badass right and she's still Hermione but she's just like oh I miss Ron yeah would That's... you like to do the next one yes I would there is something <laughs> something that bothers me a lot about this um like most from a storytelling perspective so yeah. the second time they go back um they stop Cedric from doing well by humiliating him and then the writers are like, so he becomes a Death Eater. And then he kills Neville in the Battle of Hogwarts. And you understand, one, it's bullshit. Um, but, like, you understand what they're trying to do because they just want Neville out of the way so that, like, it's a scenario where Harry doesn't win. But it's so awful on so many levels. First of all, it's disrespectful to Cedric as a character. Yes. But more Who is that, a Hufflepuff? Who is a Hufflepuff? And that's what I was going to say. Kindness it's above all. It's not just disrespectful to Cedric. It's disrespectful to all Hufflepuffs because Cedric was like the huffliest Hufflepuffs <laughs> to ever fucking puff. Do you know? He was... Their poster boy. He was loyal and he was kind. He and huffled the puff. Yes, he was... Great, and you know what? Like and he everyone was. Everyone liked him. Everyone liked him, and that's who they had. Hufflepuff didn't have a lot of characters, and so when you're like, "Well, who's a Hufflepuff?" Everyone's like, "Cedric was a Hufflepuff." And so here's the thing: if they had embarrassed him, he might not have done as well in the trials. Valid. He doesn't win. I don't think he becomes a Death Eater. That's not his character. And it's really fucking lazy writing to be like, how do we get rid of Neville? I know. Cedric kills him. Because I have already <laughs> thought of a better way to do this. I, I took explain. literally, like, one second to think about this. Okay. Cedric um, does not uh, win the uh, Goblet of Fire. So he doesn't go to the cemetery. He lives. He 
being Cedric definitely becomes part of the Order of the Phoenix because that's who he is. <laughs> if he's around and Order of the Phoenix is happening, Cedric Diggory is signing up to that shit. So he's part of the Order of the Phoenix, probably part, or, or he's part of Dumbledore's army, probably part of Order of the Phoenix, then ends up at the Battle of Hogwarts, is in the wrong place at the wrong time, Neville tries to save him, because that's who fucking Neville is, <laughs> and dies in the process. Boom, you're welcome. You, you don't have to assassinate a character just to get there quickly. Yes. And it, ugh, I think it offends me both because of what it um, did to the character, who is, like, very admirable, but also because it's just so bad from a plot writing perspective. And because it seems like this is just punishment for Robert Pattinson becoming Edward Cullen. I did not go there, but quite possibly. <laughs> okay, up next, Scorbus. Hashtag, yes. So, Scorpius Malfoy and Albus Severus Potter, both, uh, both, it's Scorpius Hyperon or something, Malfoy, and, uh, don't ask me why I know that, um, and Albus <laughs> Severus Potter, two of the worst names in the Harry Potter universe. Of course they were going to be friends. And so they're in Slytherin together, and so they're best friends, which... In a way, like, I enjoy as a plot point, I enjoy that there's, like, there's always some underlying tension where, um, you know, Harry and Draco could have been friends, but yeah. because of their houses and sort of because of the culture and dynamics of the times that they were in, they weren't friends, um, and there's sort of, like, a redemption a little bit of uh, Draco at the end of the books um, that makes you sort of sympathize with him, and, like, he's not a bad, terrible person, he, it's just where he he's grew up. He's a product up, and, of, yeah, of his, where he's from and right. the house he was in. Yeah, so it's, like, a little bit of redemption for Draco that his son and Albus are, you know, best friends, but there's, like, right from the beginning some under underlying sexual tension and sort of a codependency that, like, they're a couple. They're going to be a couple. 100%. They're, like, 14 in this book or some shit, so, like, maybe they're not a couple yet no, because they they're start, 14. No, they start at 11, but even then, like... Yes, okay, but, like, yeah, like, they're, it's, you know, like, that's the direction they're going in. Like, they're, they're the Ron and Hermione of a new generation. They're friends now. They're gonna fuck later. And it's just frustrating Valid. that J.K. Rowling, who is this open, like, supporter of the LBGTQ community and, you know, like, casts a, a black Hermione in the play, and, you know, makes all of these diverse um, and, you know, progressive choices, refuses to acknowledge that they should be together and chooses to, like, have Scorpius Malfoy have this weird, unexplained crush on Rose Weasley Granger that doesn't even make any sense, at, like, in any sort of a way because she's just kind of a fucking bitch to them. Yeah. So, like, why would he like her other than to, like, just reinforce, like, hyper-masculine standards that, like, they can't be a gay couple. He likes Rose Granger Weasley. Yeah. Like, and it's just so frustrating. And so, like, obviously then, like, fan fiction abounds where, like, people fix the score bus situation. Well, and that's what's interesting, too, because you were talking about earlier, like, this is such a fan fiction-y uh, right. play. And yet, one of the great ways it could have leaned in to the fan fiction is to actually acknowledge this, like, slash fiction thing. Like, yes. um, like there are a bunch of people who I never understood why, but, like, who wanted Harry slash Draco. Yeah. Draco. Uh -huh. And, like, okay, that's batshit insane, but, like, <laughs> Scorbus makes total sense. And so to not lean into that... But Alice, that moment, scared Potter, you... <laughs> attention was basically basically inherited it was written in the stars yes um no but it's just it's, it's really frustrating i just feel like a lot of times like jk rowling does a lot of like tokenism or a lot yes. of like oh it happens off screen so it, like 
So it's it like, just wasn't relevant to Harry's journey, so it wasn't mentioned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Dumbledore is gay, but we're not going to, like, depict that at all. Or, right. like, oh, there are definitely Asian characters because oh, Cho Chang. Or, like, oh, yeah, are there Jewish wi- wizards? Didn't you meet Anthony Goldstein? <laughs> <laughs> what? But like, it's definitely, exactly, it's tokenism, and it's, like, a defense mechanism for when she gets called out yes. for not depicting more diversity in the books. That's when she, like, comes out with this yeah. kind of, like, oh, well, and you're, like, just acknowledge that. That this shit is white bread as fuck. And, like, here's an opportunity with Scorpius and Albus to sort of right one of those wrongs exactly. and to, like, have them be, you know, a homosexual couple that's at the forefront exactly. and that are main characters and that are a focal point of one of, you know, sort of the spin offs of the Harry yeah. Potter series. And instead, she, like, adamantly chooses to make a point to not have them be together. No, absolutely. My mom only read, like, the first 50 pages of that screenplay and then got bored and was like, I'm not gonna read this. But I was talking about how I was frustrated about Scorpius and Albus, and she's like, oh, they don't end up together at the end? Like, like she read 50 pages and, like, thought it was gonna be a thing by the end. everyone did, because it is a thing. And that's the only thing. To bring it so close almost feels like baiting. And, like... It would have been a really cool thing. Like, this right. is a different time from when she wrote the first things, and we've come a, right. a far away. Yeah, the first one came out, what, like, 97? Yeah. Like, we've moved on. And it would have been such a great thing to, like, not just, like, play into something, but to acknowledge something that's already, like, freaking there. It, it was just really Right, it felt very similar to the, like, like Dumbledore, Grindelwald. Like, yeah, there were undertones stage. of, like, maybe they were gay, but, like... They were. Yeah, we're please. not gonna acknowledge it, because it's not relevant. Like, so, yes. Was there anything that we're missing? Any other... Oh, probably. Uh, like, probably tons. I mean, I think we were talking about the Time Turner as kind of a weak plot device. Yes. Yeah. Oh, um, especially villain. when it's so overly used already in Prisoner of Azkaban, then yes. it's just, like, why are we bringing it back? The, the time turner was already problematic. I think there's a great Tumblr post that's like, <laughs> that's like, we have a time turner, but we have to be careful with how it's used, so we're going to go back and we're going to save Bugbeak. And it's like, yeah, that's the person you save. Like, I mean, it was, it's a danger, it's a powerful thing, a, a powerful magic to introduce, and so definitely has the potential to, like, fuck up with the, the storytelling and so to like have an even more powerful time turner is like a little bit dangerous the other thing that was really uh just did not make any sense to me was the villain uh, herself like basically what happens is spoiler Voldemort has a kid because he totally did it with Bellatrix Lestrange no anyway like has a kid and that kid becomes the villain which is also just like there are so many additional things you could look into the Harry Potter world. Right, there are so many other possible, like, possible villains. Yes. That it's, like, very, it's, like, kind of, like, weak sauce to just be like, oh, it's Voldemort again. Like, yeah, to have it just be, like, Voldemort the Redux, but, girl, uh, like, female this time, like, was a little freaking annoying. Right. Yes. So I would, I, I'm not going to say what villain it should have been, but, like, Come on. Yeah, so I would change the overall plot. <laughs> just like the whole just, plot of the Just book. like the whole thing. Which sort of leads us to the conclusion. So are we, would we be better off in a world with no cursed child, or are we glad that it's a thing? I am very torn on this. Because I actually did kind of like reading it. Like, I was kind of frustrated he by it, obviously. It. Yeah, but it was also <laughs> just like... When I was first reading it, especially that first half, I was like, oh my god, I'm back at Hogwarts, I've missed these people, because they do feel like old friends, and it's kind of like, you're at your five-year reunion, and you're like, hey guys, what's up? Like, it was kind of great that way. 
I don't know. Part of me wants to say yes. The, I think overall I would say yes. It's better to have it than not have it. The one place where I have a little bit of uh, more of a no reaction, like don't just don't do it, is that J.K. Rowling keeps doing this shit. She keeps being what? like, oh, let's do Cursed Child as a play. Let's do Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. And by the way, I'm going to sell the screenplay and make money on that. <laughs> So I kind of feel like this wasn't our last chance <laughs> for a Harry Potter redux, and I felt like it wasn't well executed in a book fashion. I don't know. Your thoughts? I mean, it's honestly, I guess I'm a tough critic because I'm so like emotionally attached to the original books that I feel I'm going to be hypercritical of yeah. any sort of addition like, that comes out to that. You know what I mean? Like any continuation of any sort. It's going to be, like, I'm a tough critic, right? Like, I'm going to be tough to please. Um, so part of me is, like, I kind of wish it didn't exist because then there's not all of this frustration. But, I mean, there were parts of it that were enjoyable. I'm like, glad Scorpius exists in the world because he is a right. cinnamon roll. And I'm, he, yeah, Scorpius is a definite cinnamon roll. He is the sweet baby angel that we have all been waiting for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, so, like, that's good. And... Um, yeah, I mean, I guess, if nothing else, at least this is J.K. Rowling's apology for implying to me that Ron and Hermione don't belong together. So, in conclusion? In conclusion. J.K. Rowling, we still love you, but don't mess with us and give us some <laughs> score of us. <laughs> Anything you want to add? Um, no, I mean, I think that's, yeah. I think we write uh, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child Part 3, yeah. where you and I just create a universe where score of us are together. Fan fiction is the answer. I'm good with that. <laughs> there we go. Look for our fan fiction. Look for our fan fiction. Hashtag spark notes. <laughs> spark notes. Damn it. Ow. <laughs> oh, branding issues. Okay, bye. bye.